Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We are going to blow through show notes this morning and then get into a really cool, really cool story about a, a client that you had. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, we have our evening with medium events coming up at the end of August, which we are sold out for. Mm -hmm. And we still have tickets on sale for December 14th. If you are interested in that, there are very limited seats left. You can head to buysarlo.com and order the tickets through the site. We have personal sessions and gift certificates available. They can be purchased and experienced from anywhere in the world. We also have a second podcast show called Sips of Sanity, which is only available through our website, bysarlo.com. So if you're tuning in through any of the Android apps or the iOS iTunes, then you'll have to go directly to the website to view the other uh, podcast show. And that airs the first week of every month, Monday through Friday. They're little shows about 10 to 15 minutes each, and they're on one particular topic where we kind of break things down into a little bit more manageable segments. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sips of Sanity coming out next week is actually going to be a really great follow-up to today's podcast, which you'll kind of understand more toward the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Okay, so take it away. This is a gentleman and wife that came through for some children who came to see me. The children are adults. And the parents are both dead. Both parents are past, Kelly. They came through to talk to their adult children who came and booked a session together in a small group of, I think there were three that came together. So they wanted to hear mom and dad and weren't really specific. I think it was more of a, can you prove it session? And I don't mean that in a mean way. They just, they wanted to hear from them. Like excitement versus desperation. I'll say excitement versus anger versus I don't believe in this. Okay. How's that? Then yeah. Yeah. Because I would want it proved too. To have that excited feeling of, oh, that's mom. Oh, I do too when you do it for me and you're channeling my dad or somebody. Yeah, because there's a, there's an excitement. I hate to use the word surprised, but it's almost an excited surprise where it's like, oh yeah, he would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's kindness with it. So anyway, so the three of them arrived, I'll say with kindness in their back pocket type of thing. And it was a lot of fun. Ooh, I might want to take some of that back because... At the beginning of the session and through the middle of the session, you're going to hear this wasn't really a lot of fun. But the children, the adult children end up feeling that way at the end because it explains a lot of things to them about their mom and dad. And it explains a lot of things about the way that they go through life too. So I'll say that kind of became the fun part. They got to see things from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what I mean. It was fun to see things from different perspectives. It took me a minute to get there. Okay. So dad starts, he starts the session by saying he was very religious. And they said, Ooh, yeah, like this. And for him, it had a lot to do with Catholicism. And he shows me the rosary. He talks about how there's a lot of what he thinks is discipline in that I make them say the rosary every day, I make them read the Bible. I make them do certain things. They have to go to church for certain events. They have to go during Lent. They have to go at Christmas. They have to go every Sunday morning. He thinks this is called discipline. And this is super important because then his wife shows up and she kind of has this little giggle. And I said, oh, your mom's here, but it's like the energy is 100% different. And the kids go, yeah, yeah, keep going. That that would sound like mom. What do you mean though? But tell us. And I said, I said, her energy is, 
it's it's like his is rigid with the religion. I don't feel warm, fuzzy, and loving. I feel like if I if I say my rosary, then that's it, and I'm done. I can I can walk out into the world or away from the rosary, turn around in the house, and bark at you two minutes later that you didn't do something. I can criticize you. I can demean you. But it's okay that I just said the rosary because that means I'm religious, so I'm okay. I got a ticket into to this heaven place. So it's not really about parenting you. It's not really about loving you or showing that there's a loving universe or what he would refer to as a, a God. It's just about doing it right. And doing it right based on something he's been taught to believe in from other people. But the mom arrives and she's like, yeah, I left him. <laughs> So I said it that way, and the children were, yep, that's very true. That's spot on. Mom did. And I said, at first, she stayed in that, and she believed it. She she bought into all of that stuff. But then she discovered what she called spirituality. And I say that in a sense that it, for her, spirituality was something that kept changing. It meant growth. It wasn't. I'm supposed to say the rosary and it ends there. The spirituality was something where she learned, well, you know, it doesn't make sense just to say a rosary and it ends there. If you're supposed to actually believe in what you said when you said the rosary, you would actually be doing other things with your life that were compassionate, kind, etc. So she took a leap one day and thought, this system doesn't make sense to me. And because I can't, I can't really make it make sense in my life and in my relationships and in how I reconcile my day-to-day -day existence, then I'm going to have to try something different and just give it a go. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. When you were channeling the two of them, did they stand side by side? No, <laughs> it did not. It's like they came from two different directions in the universe. Is that good, eh? I ask, but I know. But I do like to illustrate that for some people. Because oh, it, yeah. is, it is part of the message, and I know you're not saying it on the show, but I know we are both very careful that when we're channeling to say, your parents are both here, but they're not standing together. Mm -hmm. And that is a message where people would say, yep, that would be true because they wouldn't want to be next to each other. Yeah. Or that is true, they did separate. Yes. And she chose the separation. He didn't believe in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. This was the finger crossing where in the session, they could see where my personality was changing in an instant. I would speak softly and say, well, your mom chose to leave because she believed spirituality meant growth, but your dad didn't believe in it. And my finger would come out and wag it at them. Well, and you're sharper. Yeah. Yeah. My tone of voice would change. My shoulder stance would change. Everything about me would become more angry or more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And hers was more, I'll say assertive with kindness, with strength. So you could see in my personality in, during the session constant changes back and forth. I mm -hmm. felt like I was Jekyll and Hyde. I like bringing all of this up because when you said at the very beginning that people come in and want proof, this is the kind of proof that they are actually looking for. So while they might think on a conscious level they want the nickname, when they actually give treatments thought, whether it's in the moment or after the fact, 
they can pick up on those little nuances of, yeah, it was more aggressive when dad was talking. And yes, it was kinder and softer and a little bit more breathable when mom was talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you for pointing that out, Kelly. Mm -hmm, Because I think if you're going to be a client or if you are one and want to be a better one, and and why not? Why not say that? We want to be better for all of you. Mm -hmm. We're hoping clients walk in and want to be better for us and work with us in that sense. Well, and I think this is why I say to a lot of clients that the TV psychic medium, and I'm not picking on anyone in particular, I don't watch TV. I'm just putting it out there as a general term, that if you're just showing up thinking, I just want to hear what color of hair and what color of eyes they've got to get proof, and is it dimes or is it the crow, then sometimes that stuff does come out but it's a very small piece of the one hour session and there's so much that you end up missing out on yes especially if they're sitting there holding on to and and many clients do they'll get all these messages about personality traits and at the end of the hour they'll say well I thought you were going to prove it I I thought you were going to say something that could prove this to me you haven't done that well I didn't know your mom and dad and I ha- that's exactly what I say. I described personality. I described their behaviors. I described what they did with their lives. And I say, oh, were you looking for the TV medium? And they look at me and go, well, what does that mean? Well, it, it means uh, what I call the like the five cent one, like the coin or operated one, where you want specific information, but I got to shoot out hair color, eye color, one person after another all day long. And I said, after 10 years of doing this and a lifetime of being a medium at 56 years old, I, I'm sick of doing that. The challenge becomes, and the excitement for me becomes, for you and I, when we connect to them and describe personality, when we say the things they said or what, how they hurt them and how to help them heal. And I think that's exactly what these three were really here for. They were here to, to hear about it. So mom starts telling me things about in her spirituality how she decided to go to create a life where there was more balance in it where if things just didn't make sense to her cal then it just didn't make good sense that the whole universe would be opposite of that so she really went went by some general rules and they ended up as i'm explaining them to the kids that she really found the universal laws through her common sense or through connecting to her own spiritual side well I think yeah this is neat because some people will say well isn't that intuition isn't that spirituality and you're calling it common sense (laughs) I did it on purpose I know and I'm spelling it out because I think people can get angry that others don't have common sense but what we're really angry with is that we're disconnected from our intuition Yes. Yeah. And then if you're that disconnected and you have a partner that is waking up to that, waking up to common sense, those universal laws, they're waking up to kindness, compassion, balance, all of these things that the different laws give you in life. Sense. It's it's literally our senses. Yes. Which is why we're equating them with intuition. Right. So if, you do, if you're not willing to connect to that, you're willing to sit in something that's going to pull you outside of it in your own life. And then you're going to think, this was the dad. I'm going to be disconnected from all of those things 
but I'm going to be a father and a husband. Well, good fucking luck. Because nobody who's in that group is going to receive any kind of connection from you. So when you don't get it back, what do you get? Angry. Anger. Yeah. You get angry. And so it spins you then in a cycle. Of needing more control. Yes. Which is what he did. Which is the opposite of what the mom did. So she witnessed it in her husband and went, well, that's just a shit show. This isn't working. He's not connecting to me. He's not connecting to the kids. They're not connecting to him. I can't connect to him. So she chose to walk out of that. And the children sat there and said, okay, this is really good because it helps us understand mom. It helps us understand it instead of thinking she broke the family. Mm -hmm. It helps us understand that what she did was healthy, was loving, was compassionate. It was all of the things they want in a parent, in a human being. She stepped up to live up her own contract, which was really cool. So the kids said, well, what do you mean, Karen? And I said, well, what we're doing here is we're talking about their soul contracts today. We're saying that your dad came in and he had a contract to, I'll say, learn something. This was in particular about a religion, but we could go deeper because it, it, it ended up affecting other things in his life as it should. Because we can't compartmentalize those things. Sometimes we think we're doing a good job of it, though. So she came in to say, the mom, this was the contract. I married this person, went into this type of life, and had to wake up. Chose to do it, and that was the contract. I lived it out and left. Yay, me. Not, she's mean, she's a bitch, she took him down. She didn't try. Yeah, she didn't work hard enough, which were the things she was ungrateful, which were some of the things that he said of her to the children on earth. How ungrateful I paid the bills I supported her financially. And they sat back and were like, yeah, but dad, you were mean. Yeah, but dad, there was no love or kindness between. Like, really, dad, did you actually love her? We never saw you guys hug. We never saw you guys kiss. I took her on vacations. I paid these bills. I bought her a car. Yeah, but dad, we didn't see snuggling. We didn't see any kind of connection. We didn't see friendship. Oh, we were best friends. We talked to each other. No, Dad, we saw fights. We heard. You told her how it was going to be. Yeah. That's not talking to someone or with someone. It's talking at someone. Yes. And he sat behind that wall and said, oh, no, I have to be right. I can't be wrong about any of this. And she sat on her side of the wall and said, well, what if he is? So she started to ask herself questions. Oh, well, stop there. Well, what? Stop there. Because that in every single one of our podcasts and every single one of our messages is always the message is to start asking yourself questions. Yeah. And so she came through to say to her kids, these were the questions I asked myself, honey. I, I started to say, is this what other couples think love is? So she started noticing other couples around her. 
And they weren't all experiencing the same thing as her, not everybody. Some of their friends and family members had very kind and communicated in their relationships. They spoke to each other and connected to each other. They didn't talk at each other. There wasn't a barking of an order and a compliance issue or a fight thereafter. It was a discussion and a check-in. But And she saw the difference, Kel. It took her decades to realize, how come I don't have that? So there's another question. How come I don't? And as soon as she started asking, how come I don't? She had to start looking at, well, what do we believe? What does he believe? Do I want to believe it? Is it healthy for me to believe that anymore? Is it healthy for my kids? I hope as people are listening to this, they're literally hitting the pause button after each question you've just asked to write them down. Okay, I'm going to keep going then. She asked herself questions like, is this kind? Is his statement productive? Is it true? Yeah. And she often came down to, is this kind, true, and productive? Okay. Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? Does it improve upon the silence? Mm-hmm. Do I have the energy for this? That's one of the ones you've brought up in past shows, Kelly. Do I have the energy for this? And we talked about that in another show. I can recall doing that. Where we we have to sit down and say, I have energy. That is what a life is. It is an amount of energy. And I have to expend it. Because if I don't, then I die instantly. So if I'm expending it, that means I'm alive. Where do I want to put it? In staying in this relationship and believing what this person believes? And what she came to ask herself was, am I an individual from him? And then she sat there one day and went, well, no, (laughs) I'm not. Because if he says something, I have to do what he says. Or there's an argument or a fight. There's always a response or there's a withholding. There's a silent treatment. Consequences. Yes. And she started realizing, are these consequences punishments? Do these consequences feel good? Do these consequences mean that he's training me? Does this mean that I am training our children? Am I training the kids to keep peace at all costs for him? Does this define healthy family? Does this define healthy parenting? Does this define healthy partnership? And holy crap, Kelly, the kids sat there, looked at me and went, Thank God we're recording this. I think you just created like a workbook for whether or not you're evaluating if you want to leave. (laughs) And you know what? If you've answered yes to more than 10 of these questions. (laughs) How about more than one of these questions? One foot needs to be out the door. Yeah. And I, and I don't mean pick up and you got to run immediately, but one foot does have to be out of the relationship because at that point you're giving Mm -hmm. yourself a degree of separation so that you can actually see clarity You can actually get out from underneath their control. You can actually be an individual in the relationship, which then allows you to step outside and seek another person like a therapist who's going to help you assess properly. And one of the things he always said, I'm not going to therapy, which meant we aren't. We, the couple, 
the family. When he said I, it meant all of us. Because if you go, you're a traitor to me. The ultimate control. Nobody gets help. Because if anybody gets help, my, my, my little life raft here that I control is going to go down. And so she realized that. She sat there and thought, well, if you think all of those things, I'm not allowed to get help for us. Just like if the toilet broke, I'm not allowed to get a plumber. <laughs> I'm not allowed to get an electrician. I have to fix everything myself. Well, anybody listening to this would realize that's silly. That's unprofessional. That's a lack of safety. It's also a lack of resources. Yes. It's a lack of many things. It's complete isolation. And so she sat there and went, so I asked myself, why would I stay in a relationship where the other person just wants to isolate me? From what? From who? And why? And when she figured that out, she just kind of got up and went, hmm, looked up lawyers in the phone book. And she was, she said it was simple. She said, oh, Karen, there was no anger in me whatsoever going through my divorce. There was no lashing back. I, I could see all of my own contribution to being into, in that marriage and in that family. It was easy for me to see my own part. So instead of blaming him, I just did what I needed to do. I called the lawyer. I called my priest and said, I'm out. I'm done. She called her freaking priest and said she was done. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> Never in my life had I heard somebody call up a religious person and fire them. <laughs> Just like she walked out of her marriage and said, and I'm done. There are other things that I have found that I choose that are healthy. Healthy. This is the key. Healthy in all aspects. This wonderful idea of in order to have a balance in my life, in order to be an individual, I have to know my own needs and my own thoughts first. And so she recognized right there, this isn't all going to be on him about a divorce. It's going to be my beginning to know myself. And I'm super excited. And she stayed focused on her super excitement. <laughs> and that's what her kids said about her divorce that she stayed very focused in it. Whenever the husband wanted to drag her back into a legal battle, she would go to court and do her little business with her lawyer. But as soon as it was over, let's go, sweetie. Let's go for lunch. Let's go and do this. And she got right back into, and where do I want to begin with my life? What, what belief do I want to change that didn't serve me? And how can I do something towards achieving that? I like all of the points that you're making or that she's making that you got to channel and when we said at the beginning of this show that Sips of Sanity that follows next week is going to really align with this, you're hearing how she followed the law of attraction, the law of accountability, the law of discipline, the law of action, the law of balance, all of the ones that we talk about. And if you want those broken down into kind of more, like we said, manageable pieces to swallow, then Monday through Friday is going to be really fun for you. Oh, this was absolutely so fun for me. I really, really enjoyed listening to the two paths. This gets just better and better. So the mom is talking to her three kids and she's saying to them, I loved you. And they sat there and cried and said, we know. 
We watched her go through the divorce. We watched her find a spirituality. She still believed in a Jesus and Mary and the story, the narrative. She still believed in certain things, but she took spirituality into it. She decided to bring her own emotional intelligence into it. If it doesn't make sense about Mary and Jesus, eh, I'm not going to believe that part. If I don't want to believe that she was a virgin, doesn't make sense to me, I don't believe in it. But can I believe in two kind people? Yes. Can I believe in a mother loving her son? Yes. Can I believe in him standing up for something and setting boundaries? Yes. She made it freaking practical. Then she talked about forgiveness. Quickly, really. She just said that in moving forward into her own life and creating it, I would say, I think she said over eight to ten years, she worked her way through all those universal laws. She took accountability for her part in the marriage and decided that he owned the rest of it. She just sort of made a nice little tidy package and said, there's your stuff. You take it and you deal with it. Return to sender. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. She took it back and just said, you can believe in these things. And by the way, children, you're all adults. You need to now learn what I learned. If you accept those packages from your father, that's up to you to deal with them. You have to individuate too. So she learned that she had to individuate from a husband. But then when she looked back at her life, she realized she hadn't individuated from her own parenting, from her own two parents, to decide what do I want to believe. I, I stayed in this marriage because I was trained to believe certain things. I didn't individuate from you guys really either. I think when you go into a marriage like she did, you start to see that those types of marriages happen because you haven't individuated from the parents. And oftentimes in adulthood, when we're going through the divorce, that is when we're individuating from all three. Yes. It doesn't happen one by one. It happens all at once. Yeah. And she said, too, that she felt that she was individuating from her mom and dad and her siblings, the family, which then made her, I'll say, more aware of the reason that her own grown children had to go through it, too, mm -hmm. and that they had to individuate from her. So then she decided at that moment, that day, I have to parent them different. I can't offer opinions unless they ask. So now when they come over to talk to me, I have to say, do you want me just to listen? Do you want an opinion? Are you asking professionals for their opinions? I am not a therapist, sweetheart. I'm your mom. I can love you, but I can't give you the advice. That's something that a professional should do for you. So she was able to set those boundaries. She was able to actually push her children into individuating. Isn't that lovely? Mm -hmm. And then in turn, they were able to see that with their own partnerships, in their own marriages, and with their own children. Talk about the law of cycles and patterns. She was sitting there breaking all of them for many people. That's a powerhouse. Yeah, it's a catalyst. Yeah. So then she decided that she was still going to talk to her ex-husband after about 10 years, just casually, with respect, with boundaries. After about 10 years of the divorce? Yeah. Okay. And he started asking her questions. It took a good decade, but he would say to her, just like as they were just 
If they ran into each other in the grocery store, he would say to her, like little questions like, why did you do this? Why did you, because he was still angry, still hurt, he lost control. And she would explain it. Well, and she just said her statement of herself, have a good day, and left. She didn't stick around to see if he understood. Or to justify. No. Stating an intention and justifying are two different things. So she just made her statement. She answered his question. She owned her own space, her own energy, and left. And he came through to say that after the next couple of decades living on Earth, he got to understand her. He came to a place to understand that he had used the religion to abuse. He got to figure it out. He said it took him decades longer than she did, but he eventually got to understand some of it. He feels that he has to come back to Earth to understand it more, but he was able on Earth to get to a place of being able to apologize to her, his wife, and his children. And I said to him, how old were you when you came to that? He said he was in his 70s. Hmm. That he finally was able to sit down. He says he still can remember the day he sat down with his son. And his son sat in that room and cried. And I said, he sat there and he put his hand on your shoulder and he cried himself and said he was so sorry. And the main thing he was sorry about with his son was the criticism. Were the put downs, were the ways that if his son was built up, he'd build him up a little bit and then take him down. If other people around, build him up so that other people think he's a good guy. But then when he wasn't, other people weren't around, rip him down a little bit. Just enough so that, you know, he really can't go forward too far in life. Ball and chain. I think this is a really good example of better late than never. Yeah. So on earth, he came through to say, I'm sorry. I've, I've been mean and critical. I've, I purposely made sure that I took you down a peg. Not your sisters, but I always make sure I took you down a peg. And the sisters, when they heard that in the room, put their hands each on their brother and said, do you see how we tried to tell you this? And he said, he just shook his head. His head was down. He was sobbing. And they each had a hand on their shoulder. And he bawled. It was his, these are all grown people in their 50s now. And he cried and knew deeply that his dad was more sorry since he'd crossed over. And I said, I'd like to explain to you that he understands now since he's died, how much that affected your life. And I went through and I said, this is what you did. You didn't end up taking jobs that really gave you the income you could earn or really challenged you. You took lesser paying jobs so that you would never have to really find out your dad was right. So you take smaller things in life. You didn't achieve as much. So when you got into partnerships, you were, you and your partner were more in debt. Your sisters did a little bit better than you, and you just figured that they deserved it. You were happy for them. You didn't feel jealousy towards them, but you just got stuck in some of your own stuff. And so the sisters were able to sit there and say, we love you. We know the difference. We're glad dad apologized to you. What do you need from us? What do you need from us? What a gorgeous 
loving, fill me up question that even if he doesn't know how to answer it yet, he can still be filled up. Dad came through and, and talked to the girls too and said what he did to them. Wasn't the mean critical stuff, it was other things. I think one of the things that all three of the children really needed to hear was that Dad had apologized to Mom. They didn't know that. It was something that all three of them seemed shocked when I said that in terms of words on earth, that he actually was able to approach her one day and be able to say, I'm sorry. I, I used religion to control. I used religion to think that I had bought my place into a heaven idea that I really, I wasn't worthy of anyway. But if I just kept going to confession each week, uh, kind of, you know, the priest said, we absolve you of your sins, off you go. And he thought week by week, as long as I've got that going every Sunday, and he's going to absolve me of all of my sins, then I should be okay. I should only have one or two sins going. <laughs> That's so messed up. That's so messed up. It's so immature in emotional intelligence to buy into that kind of belief. But he sat there and said, I finally figured out what my wife did. She figured out that that was not emotionally intelligent. To be able to believe something like that meant I was emotionally stunted in my growth. And because of it, I stayed stuck there. And because it made no sense to her, because it hurt people, she decided to leave and find things that were more compassionate. So he thanked her. He thanked her for being a better parent and a different parent and a better, healthier role model for their three kids because he had failed. So he recognized in his 70s, and he died in his 70s, he realized shortly before he died that he had not lived out his life path lessons here. He realized that. So he was there to say to his three kids, I did not succeed. I want you to know that. And I wish better for all of you that you do in spite of the things that I've done. So take what I've done and learn your lessons from it. And now that I'm on the other side, how can I help you? Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. So they, they're booking to come back to say, well, dad, we have to figure out how you can help us. Very cool. So they have homework. They have homework and they have a relationship. Of individuating. Yes. And communicating. Beautiful story, eh? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, people are going to hear, if they listen to Sips of Sanity, how this group of three now and their partners and their children are going to be able to create different lives here on Earth. Yeah. You go home, you love your family. Yeah. And, and you, you look back and you see what dad did. And you don't just say, I will never be like him. You figure out how. You don't focus on I won't. You focus on what I'm going to do. And that was the mom. This is what mom did do. So now we can see we've got two different parents that teach us in two different ways. Am I going to focus on the dad and everything I don't want to do? Or am I going to focus on mom? Can I go back and forth and learn? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, it's all about that those levels of growth, right? And then through growth, loving each other. Good. Yeah. 
If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Like we said, Sips of Sanity is up on Monday.